It's time for the Talent Talk Radio Show, brought to you by People G2, a nationwide leader in background checks and employment screening solutions. People G2 gives their clients access to the best human capital management and due diligence tools available. They are dedicated to helping their clients with all of their people-related decisions. To learn more, go to www.peopleg2.com. Talent Talk centers on the topics of talent recruitment and management, leadership development, company culture, and employee engagement business leaders. We hope that as you tune in to listen each week, whether to the live broadcast or to the podcast on iTunes or iHeartRadio, that you hear something you can take away that will help you grow and impact your career in a positive way. And now, here's the host of the Talent Talk Radio Show, the founder and CEO of People G2, Chris Dyer. Hey, good afternoon, and thank you for joining me here on Talent Talk. It's uh, Tuesday, it's 1 o'clock, and we're live here in... Uh, Orange County, California, and I'm in the studio, and lately that hasn't been happening very much. I've been on the road or doing it from the office, but we're in the studio today because one of our two guests is going to be joining me here, is here in, this, in the studio live, so we're really looking forward to jumping into that conversation, but if this happens to be the first time that you are tuning in, let me give you a little bit of a background on how this works. So you heard the intro, but really what ends up happening is I get to go to all kinds of great conferences and events and meet all these wonderful people, and I tend to ask them a million questions to try to learn some of their secrets and things that they know. And we decided, hey, let's let's put this on the radio. Why not have a conversation where other people can listen in and, and we can share the wisdom and, and great things that they know for everybody. So um, this show really is designed to give you that opportunity to, to hear those specific topics for us to be maybe a little more thoughtful about the conversation and have you tune in. So um, as I said, we're, we're live here every Tuesday, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, and you can access us, though, how most people do, which is later on through iTunes and iHeartRadio. Uh, you can listen to us there if you have a a podcast app or on any device that if you can get to the internet um, you can find iHeart and you can find us there by looking up uh, Talent Talk. So about last week about 580,000 of you tuned in. I think last month we hit the million download mark so in a month so really appreciate everyone's support. Really love the audience and a big thank you to everyone who's listening. One of the other great things that we've been finding a lot lately is the kind of having this fun interaction on Twitter. So a lot of people are asking questions, uh, both live and also after the fact, kind of putting in their two cents and have it keeping the conversation going. So if you'd like to do that, get on Twitter. Um, make sure you use the hashtag Talent Talk. Um, if you can add at PeopleG2 to that as well, that makes sure we, we see it. Um, and if you have a question right now, my producer Mike will try to feed it into me and we'll, we'll get it uh, to our guests. So speaking of guests... My first guest today will be uh, Healy uh, McPhail. Did I say that right? McPhail, but you're close. Yep. All right. All right. Um, and see, I told you I'd screw up one name today. Um, the Vice President and Human Resources for Alliance um, Healthcare Services. And then we'll have, um, and I'll try to get my, my names right, we'll have uh, Ludovic Hero on. Uh, he'll be my second guest. Uh, and he's the CEO of Shaper. I don't know if you're familiar with that app, but if you're not, we're going to be talking about that. It's a neat uh, networking app for professionals. So, um, But let's go ahead and get to my first guest. Healy, welcome. Well, thank you. Nice to be here. So tell everyone a little bit about yourself and what you're currently doing as the VP. VP of HR over at uh, Alliance Healthcare Services. I am uh, currently working uh, at Alliance, and Alliance is a leading national provider of outsourced healthcare services. We partner with more than a thousand hospitals and healthcare providers in 45 states, with just under 2,500 team members. 
and I get the opportunity to work with the operations team, and that's comprised of the benefits teams, compensation, HRS, credentialing, and shared services. And these teams form the operations side of our HR structure. We are providing the background of processes and administrative support so that our HR business partners and managers can be having the strategic conversations and the consultative conversations with business leaders. So in the past 18 months, we've gone through a bit of an evolution. We've gone from a one-to-one regional support model to a more scalable shared services model. And so in that process, we reviewed some disparate processes. We looked at approval requirements, and we used the lean methodology to reduce the steps and time it took to complete each of the tasks. So some highlights that that work included that the team can be very proud of is we launched an internally branded HR Express as a single point of contact for questions and concerns for our team members. We introduced and held ourselves accountable to service level agreements on turn time, service, and quality. We automated a new hire uh, IT asset request process. And we restructured our new hire welcome introduction process, and this eliminated four hours a week of manual work for our team members and had an additional benefit of really changing that new hiring manager experience. So the incoming team member had a benefit and our current management team had a benefit. And we're expanding this work in 2017 by launching a case management system for tracking and reporting on requests received, including dashboard metrics and the ability to individually track our metrics. So it sounds like you're taking a very complex organization. And we think about medical, you think of a lot of red tape. You can think about a lot of processes and procedures, many of which probably keep us alive and are there for good reason. Um, but that inherently kind of puts a processes and the procedures mindset into baby places it sounds like they didn't have to always be there that you guys could maybe free some people from some 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 of these things so uh, you know the first thing you said is you you kind of mentioned what you got what the company does and that kind of went over my head so can you maybe explain a little bit deeper about what what is the you know outside of what you do but what is yeah. the company itself what are you really providing to your clients and that's a great question we are the leading national provider of outsourced healthcare services what does that mean so what that <laughs> means is that we deliver operational efficiencies um such as MRI, pet techs, hospitals, mm-hmm. rural hospitals in the middle of the U.S. who can't afford to purchase a Simmons CT machine right. would contract with us. We have a mobile unit. We would drive it to rural site A on Monday where we could have um, the opportunity to see patients and then maybe drive it to hospital B on Got Tuesday and it. see patients there. It saves the investment of those hospitals, those small rural hospitals, but is providing services where they're needed instead of having to drive for hours right. to get those. And I know from from experience with people in my life that having the newer machine, having the better machine is huge in actually finding out what's happening and helping yeah. the doctors, you know, really figure out what, what's going on. Because a lot of times we had tests done with the old MRI machines and they yep. didn't find anything. And then you go to the other doctor and they go to the new machine. It was like, oh, there's right there. And you're like, well, why didn't we see it before? Well, because you were essentially using, you know, a camera lens from 1922 as opposed to the camera lens from 2016. I mean, it was... Yep. So, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. So uh, that's really cool. So I'm glad, glad we kind of figured that out. And then it sounds like, you know, then you guys are really implementing some more strategic and 
kind of innovative things into your organization. I haven't ever heard of a medical organization taking on the idea of lean into that. So how did you guys get in, into, how did lean become a part of the conversation? Well, we looked at it from an operations perspective. Um, healthcare is very regimented. It is very controlled. There are very um, important reasons why checks and balances are in place. And then looking in-house on the support services, legal, HR, we needed to mirror that to help support the business in the right function. So what we did was look at how the HR team was spending its time. And on the operations side, that's the task of making sure the person came on board from the ATS system. Did they get activated in the learning system so that they could take the courses that they needed to provide patient care? And we had an opportunity to look at how we were doing that, how many times we were touching that information, how many times it was going out to places it didn't need to, and really streamline that so we could be as efficient as possible and mirror that quality that we deliver to patients so that we can mirror that quality to our own team members. Right, right. Well, it sounds like you have a real passion and love for, for HR, and I know you've, you've held lots of different positions in this area. So maybe you could talk a little bit about what you love most about this field. I uh, fondly refer to myself as an HR geek. <laughs> All right. Uh, because I really do love it. I love that this is a, uh, a profession that is growing and it's evolving and it is becoming more complex. And the generalist role of 10, 15 years ago is now splintered off. And you can have somebody who's got really deep subject matter expertise in an area of comp or benefits. And even though they're that deep in their subject, they're still adding value. They're still influencing and having impact on the company. It's not just that person who sits down and meets with the CEO. It is all those support functions behind it, providing that information, the data analytics, looking at the new trends, looking at how you take benefits and you gamify them so that people really understand the value of what's being offered, especially as the landscape changes. So, it's new, it's exciting, and it's continually evolving. And I think that's what resonates with me the most. In a healthcare setting versus other settings that you've been? You know, when you are looking for a technical skill set, a radiation therapist is a very technical skill set. You're looking at the opportunity to find a very niche person. But you also need to find that fit. And the difference that Alliance has than you might find in a traditional healthcare system is we need somebody who's got that technical skill set along with that comfort in wanting to be independent and want to have autonomy in their role. And so we struggle with finding not only the technical fit but that cultural fit because that's important for retention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it makes it harder for the recruiters to have to find that. We don't have any more difficulty than any other company you talk to. They're going to say, well, ours is harder because of X or ours right. is harder because of Y. But it really just adds to the complexity that recruiters have to get more creative on how they do it. And I think our recruiters do a great job at it. So you talked a little bit about autonomy, and I've always been a big proponent of that is a necessary part of any good culture that people need to have the autonomy to their jobs. But mm-hmm. it kind of sounded like what you were talking about was not just autonomy, but also maybe if, if they have to go, let's say you use the example before and take that MRI machine to location A, you don't really have anyone directing you, right? I mean, you have to be a bit more self-directed. It's one thing yeah. to have autonomy, but being self-directed and you know on the fly having to 
decide where to park it or what. I mean, so small little things that can happen throughout the day that you don't have somebody else to talk to about, right? You have to make up those decisions as best you can every day. And that's not always everybody's cup of tea. Um, so it sounds like that's one part of it. So maybe you could talk a little bit about what you think your company culture is like and what what you what, what, why you think maybe it's unique or kind of a different animal, I guess, for you to kind of deal with. Yeah. And that's a great question because healthcare traditionally fits a single mold. You're going to be in a hospital setting. You're going to be in an ambulatory setting where there are physicians present. So even if it's not your manager, you've got somebody with direct oversight. Our mm-hmm. model doesn't support that way. You may have an individual tech on a unit providing scans to patients all day long. So it's the skill set of that healthcare drive, that commitment to patient care with that entrepreneurial spirit. And that's mm-hmm. what we look to drive. Patient care is the priority. Quality and how we treat our patients, we do a phenomenal job at that. And we do that by looking for people who do embrace that self-direction, that drive, that desire to make sure that the unit is clean when the patient shows up, not just that they've got um, a good readable scan that is relevant today but right. also that they've got the right environment and they're getting the right care they're checking in on them they're talking to them through the scan so they feel comfortable with it so we've seen examples of other companies that we've looked to as sort of being you know models for for good culture and one of the things is they they tend to have a pretty clear purpose and for for some companies it's harder to have to to define their purpose or to have a sexy purpose um i've often used the example of the pencil company right making these standard pencils is that sexy you know it's different than if we're making vaccines that are going to save the world right so do you find that it's easier to find people who are aligned with that idea of you know inside of healthcare that they're going to be able to make a difference in people's lives and save lives or make people you know help be in that process of healing people or making them more comfortable? Or is that a bigger challenge to find the right people who actually think of it that way? I mean, is, is it a, I guess my question is, is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? Is it a little bit of both? Or what do you, what do you say with that? It, it's a good thing because mm-hmm. people have gone into this. They're going in for training. They've gotten credentials. They've gotten um, education in this area. So that's right. kind of pre-narrowed the pool for us. It's where you find an opportunity for a disconnect to happen is when you're looking in the non-direct patient-facing roles. Right. So the people in HR who need to make that connection to understand that what I do today supports that team member so that they don't have to worry about are their own benefits covered so that they can give that direct patient care. So that that's where the opportunity for a splinter could occur. And I think we do a really good job of trying to focus on that, maintain that, keep driving it back to what is quality patient care? How do we make sure our patient satisfaction scores reflect what we really want to deliver? Yeah, and the best organizations I've have kind of had the opportunity to interact with on the healthcare side, when they're good organizations, you feel it. I mean, you even talk to a billing person and you feel like you're talking, yeah. that, they have that same passion, right, to, to help and to support you in any way they can, even though whether or not how you deal with billing has nothing to do with whether or not you're going to get better, right? I right. mean, but they they've got it, and then you you feel it in other organizations the opposite. I mean, where that splinter is happening all over the place. So, but uh, yeah, it's it's healthcare is kind of fascinating in that in that realm um, because it's it's difficult. And you're you're dealing with tragedy and hope and you know regulations fear. and fear and just intense. Yeah. It's, it's intense all yeah, the time. All it is the time. intense. <laughs> 
So maybe we'll talk about something a little bit less intense. Maybe we'll see. But I, I know, so looking at your experience with organizational design or restructuring, what do you feel are some of the things that HR really needs to do to be attuned to in order to really maintain a positive culture? I mean, it sounds like you've gone through some of that. You've, you've talked about and actually moved some things. So what were some of the things you had to make sure you were really you know, worried about or, or massaging to make sure the process worked? You know, that's a simple one-word answer of communication, mm-hmm. which when you unpack it is so many things. Right. Because you just can't keep saying the same thing over again. You can't beat them over the head with it. Communication is how you're framing that message so it resonates. How are you listening so you make sure you're on point with what the concerns are? It's an art. It takes a lot of practice. It takes somebody who is authentic and who has the willingness to show the integrity, to show up and deliver the hard message when it has to be, and but deliver it with compassion, mm-hmm. while concurrently listening to the concerns and keeping that hope alive. Not every change is bad. Your first reaction might be fear, but not every change is bad. And how do you deliver that in a way that is authentic? It's, it's a gift, and a lot of people work on it. Yeah, I mean, people are going to naturally resist change. Even the most progressive people are going to resist change if you do not provide them the information they need to understand why. I mean, if you tell me I have to change something, but you don't tell me any reason why, I'm probably yep. going to tell you no. I mean, it's just, yeah. and I'm, 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 I love change, right? I do, we'll read a book. Oh, let's change everything. But if you don't give me the information, and so then you have people who are really ingrained and really high, steady personalities that don't ever want to change, despite yep. getting all the evidence that they should. So you have to fight, kind of fight, kind of fight that. So you talked about communicating um, often. Uh, it sounded like diversifying your message, not saying the same thing the same way every time. Did you also have to experiment with the medium in which you communicate? Did you have to do it in different ways there? Yeah, absolutely. Because not everyone is going to process a message because you've said it. Some people have got to read it, and what they read has to match the authenticity of what they've heard. Mm-hmm. Additionally, when you look at change management they're not afraid of the change they're not afraid to do something they're afraid of the loss what do you take what does this taking away from me mm-hmm. and being aware of that loss of version and where you hear that and do you respond then in writing do you respond uh, using a different type of technology do you open your own facebook page and allow that visibility to let people put comments on that you can then respond to. It's it's different ways of doing it. It depends on the culture or the group or the team who needs to hear the message. Right, absolutely. And that it can be pretty big. I mean, we, we've kind of I've joked about my organization about us needing at times to hit people by email, hit people on hip chat, hit people on by text message, um, actually meet with them in person, have a forum for them to, you know, complain and, and whatever. So... You know, it's fascinating how if you do all those, especially on a big initiative, I mean, obviously this is not something small, but, you know, on bigger things, we're going to make some big change, giving the opportunity for people to have those communications. And a lot of times people will come in, they'll do, there'll be all multiple mediums there. How much more change you get, how much farther you get on the first run by doing it that way. And of course, if it's a good idea, it usually goes a lot easier. And if it's a bad idea, you could probably feel it, right? Yeah, that's true. (laughs) We've all had those bad ideas. And then, you know, you go, well, nobody wants to change. (laughs) Maybe it's me. Yeah. (laughs) So um, 
one of the things I wanted to ask you about was, um, you know, where do you think most companies fail in the employee life cycle? So this was something that's kind of been coming up lately about really being attuned to. I've heard a lot in conferences of this employee life cycle idea. So are you seeing the places where people fail or that you think people need to be kind of cautious about? I think we have an opportunity at managing the existing employee. We get to invite people in. You have that one-on-one guided conversation as we're recruiting for them. They're working with the recruiter that brings them on board. When they're leaving, we do a pretty good job of helping them leave the organization. It's when they're in the organization that they no longer have that kind of guide to help them manage it. Not that we have to hold their hand and do it for them, but providing that infrastructure to empower them to do their own development, find those own opportunities that's where I see the most opportunity is needed, and I predict we'll have a lot of growth in that area. Yeah, there certainly is a lot of companies kind of focused on that to kind of help you know to help other companies do that. Well, you brought me a really nice present today. Um, you know, anyone else who's ever a guest wants to bring me a present, it's a great way to get asked back. Um, but um, it, it's uh, Hardwired Humans. I'm really excited to, to take a look at this by uh, Andrew O'Keefe. But So I'm not sure if this is going to be the answer to your question, but our favorite question is to ask, uh, what are you reading right now? So that is the answer to my All question right. and why I'm going to do I really love the anthropo- anthropological lens that this book takes you through. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a reread for me right now. I'm taking my team through it. And it's basically looking at human instincts that we all have. And the fact that when we're communicating, especially communicating change, we all do these so intrinsically that we overlook them as an opportunity to change the dialogue and change that communication. Right. So it's a good read, and I, I think you'll find a lot of value with it. I'm, I'm sure that they're going to talk about it. I mean, one of the basic ones we always kind of bring up is that was the lizard brain, right? So if uh-huh. you're if you're in if you're fear, if you're if you don't feel safe, then you're not going to listen. You immediately shut down. You literally don't hear the words that people are saying. You're not going to remember any of them. That the more scared you are, the more fearful you are in a situation. Um, and so, making people feel safe is really important for them to remember what you talked about, right? Yeah. This elevates at one level when you we hear things we. Um, are very binary. We immediately classify it from a personal lens. Is it good or is it bad? Right. So if your first seven words cause me to believe it's bad, you now have to fight the rest of the conversation to convince me it's a good message. Mm-hmm. Conversely, if your first seven words convince me it's a good message and you're really delivering some bad news, you're no longer authentic. You're no longer sincere. You're no longer trustworthy. So how do you get that... Um, consistency between those first seven words where I've now decided this is a good or bad message to really what the point is that you're trying to deliver. So it's it's got some good insight. Yeah, it sounds like I can't wait to, to check it out. Well, I really appreciate uh, you coming down into the studio and, and being our guest. Um, hopefully we can have you come back uh, at some point and give us an update. But how can people learn more about uh, Alliance Healthcare Services if it's something they need or they're interested in applying for a job? Or what's the best way for them to find out more? Great. So we are on the web and searchable. Um, I also love to network with anyone. So anyone is welcome to email me. And it's H M A C. P is in Paul, H-A-I-L, at A-I-Q, Alpha India Queen, dash U-S dot com. That, that's a long email address. I'm going to get you a shorter one. <laughs> it could be worse, trust me. All right. Me. Well, I guess so. I feel like my, my Greek friends have long yeah. last names, right? Okay. Well, um, I really appreciate you being on the show. And so uh, up next, we'll have uh, Ludovic Hero after this uh, quick commercial break. 
Imagine what it would feel like to lose everything. Your job, your home, your family, your dignity. This has happened to thousands of the men, women, veterans, and young adults we serve at Working Wardrobes. What do we do to help? We provide career development services, life skills workshops, job skills training. We provide the perfect interview outfit, and we get clients placed in jobs. Call Working Wardrobes, 714-210-2460. Donate, volunteer, invest, hire. When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, for over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results. A cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge. With the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days. All with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. Welcome back to the Talent Talk Radio Show. Don't forget, you can uh, tweet me a question uh, by using the hashtag Talent Talk. You can add uh, the at PeopleG2 in there as well to make sure we get it. And we'll try to work them in uh, into the conversation here. Um, you can also... Uh, We've talked about iTunes and iHeart, where you can hear the, the shows after the fact if you don't catch them live. Um, but you can also go to TalentTalkRadio.com. That's our little website where we've got all the uh, podcasts listed there as well. So hopefully you can do that. We'd love to have you in the conversation. But let's go ahead and get to my uh, second guest, uh, Lubick Hero. Uh, Lubick, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for the invitation. All right. Well, so glad to have you uh, on the show. Uh, where are you calling in from today? I am in Paris. You're in Paris. All right. Well, lovely city, so I'll, I'll feel jealous. But uh, although Orange County is not too bad, I'm sure it's always grass is always green on the other side for everybody. But maybe, hey, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and, of course, your, your company, Shaper. Yes. I am Ludovic Euro. Uh, I'm the founder of Shaper. And previously, uh, I created the first venture called Attractive World uh, with uh, one of the top three dating websites uh, in France. And uh, I created Shaper two years ago, uh, and Shaper is in New York and Paris. So maybe tell everyone what kind of drives you as a serial entrepreneur. What you know, what kind of really promoted you to, to move in this this direction with the with the new app, the new company, Shaper. Uh, you know, I, I I I really love to to be an entrepreneur. When I, I was a child, I wanted to to create my own company. Uh, I started in private equity, and I had a a new idea like every every month and that's why when I was 24 years old I, I created Attractive World uh, and after 8 years uh, I wanted to, to launch a new company in the US and uh, I really love to meet people it's what I do since I am an entrepreneur like every week I meet someone uh, new and uh, I really love that I learn a lot I get inspired and I wanted to make a tool uh, to meet inspiring people for uh, for everyone that's why we we created Shaper which is a networking app which introduces you people 
uh, every day. Yeah, so maybe we could talk a little bit about the app. I, I'm familiar with it. I have been using it for a long time, and uh, it's kind of a fascinating the way it works. So maybe you can kind of give the give everyone here the 30 second uh, version of how how does that experience work? How do people use it? What is it really meant for them? You know, in their lives to do. Every day you get a suggestion of between uh, 10 and new uh, and, and 15 new people to, to meet. And it's a little bit like Tinder for, pro- for professional networking. Uh, you, you can swipe uh, the profile. It's anonymous. And if you are interested, you swipe on the right. If you are not interested, you swipe on the left. And if the interest is mutual, you get a match and you, you can uh, talk to each other and, uh, and grab a coffee. Yeah, and and are you seeing, um, uh, you know, sort of growth in this area? Are you seeing that people are really kind of gravitating to this? I mean, how how has it been so far with the response to it? Yes, we we, we launched uh, it in uh, in October 2015, and it's growing very fast uh, because uh, we have a lot of different people who, who use the app, entrepreneurs, freelance, people who are looking for a new job, or just people who want to exchange ideas and, and find inspiration by meeting new people. And and so we, 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 we see a lot of engagement to the app. A lot of people uh, met each other and uh, find new projects or opportunities in their in their career through through Shaper. So so far we are mostly in the US. Eighty percent of uh, our uh, our users come from the US and we are also in, in London and in Paris. So I have an idea for your app. I'm sure everyone tells you as an entrepreneur an idea, but I have an idea, and I'm going to—I'll I'll have to tell you now because uh, I, I can't can't resist. But I, in using the app, I was, was connect with these people, and one of the things I thought of was I would love if we connected and we, you know, we both matched. That if we wanted to meet, that we immediately inside the app could just start talking via video, uh, and and ha- and have that initial conversation right away, maybe before coffee or before all of that. So that, that that was my idea. Take it or leave it. So. <laughs> it's 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 a great suggestion and uh, and yes it's uh, it's uh, it's planned in the roadmap in 2017. Well, there we go. Yes. So I but can't... before we want to to focus to to reach the critical size, you know, because yeah. it's an app. You you need to have a lot of people in the in the same city to 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 make it work and make a very relevant suggestion. And we are working a lot on the algorithm based on on your passion, on your professional interest, your location, and your past experiences to 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 uh, to build the the most effective algorithm to suggest you the best people. So you're in this, you know, startup kind of mode, you're you're in multiple places around the world. And so that really puts a lot of pressure on on, on your company to have the right people in the right places at the right time. So you know, kind of looking at that talent recruiting and development perspective, how do you find the right talent for your startup? You know, how do do you really kind of consider all those different variables in trying to get the right people to help your company grow? We 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 have the, um, uh, a policy about uh, about hiring is to to hire people who already use Shaper. So most of the team uh, we we hire them through uh, the Shaper database. Uh, for example, uh, one of uh, of of our great people uh, is called Mandy Menecker. Uh She's uh, our head of branding and, and PR development, and she was one of our most. Uh, uh, active users in uh, in New York, so we we knew that you know she understood the mindset of of Shaper that uh, networking is very important, that networking is is more about giving 
than than taking and that you should meet uh, like new people every every week so it was easier for us to 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 attract her in uh, in shaper and uh, and she really understood the mindset so so we try to do it through through our database that's a fascinating way to approach it you know finding your most dedicated users finding those people who have the most passion about uh, your product and then you know pulling them yes. in uh, to work for you to yes you know you know for 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 this job we got a 300 uh, resume when we send we when we send this offer so so people were very very interesting to to join the team uh, and, it, it, and it's great you had to have that database not everyone has that kind of a you know database if you're a donut shop company you don't necessarily think to hire the the guy or girl coming in buying the most amount of donuts from you, but in your in your kind of realm, it really makes sense that those who are really taking that that passion and fire around networking that they would be the ones to to help you drive and and figure out how to how to grow, how to get better, how to improve the product, and how to get more people to to come onto the platform. Yes, we felt very lucky. So I know you sold your first company. You talked about Attractive World. Um, and before you came on to Shaper, um, you know, how did you ensure that the talent uh, that you had been hired under that would, would continue to thrive under the new ownership? So, you know, as you depart one venture, how, how do you make sure that that, that company is still going to stand on its own feet? Because we, 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 we selected, you know, the, the, the buyer because, because the project was very, very interesting for, for the brand and the company. Uh, today, as I told you, Attractive World is one, one of the, the, the leaders uh, of dating in France. And, and the new buyer wants to expand Attractive World uh, in 20 new countries, including the U.S. So we, we thought that the, the project was very attractive. And uh, and I I talk a lot to the to the buyer and I explain him how uh, important is uh, the employees uh, of of attractive world uh, and and I I feel that they understood that and they they will to engage uh, our collaborators uh, of attractive world in this new uh, step uh, of the adventure of attractive world. Right, right. It sounds like it was a good a good fit. Um, you know, we should kind of touch on it for a second about having this, uh, you know, kind of glo- the global setting that you have for your company. Do you have challenges or difficulties, uh, you know, when it comes to, to hiring those people and, and kind of maintaining your culture? I mean, because you're you're spread across time zones and countries and uh, have so many differences there. Uh, do you do you find that to be a challenge for your company? Yes, it's 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 a big challenge because. Uh... <laughs> As you know, I am French, and uh, I'm, I'm discovering the, the American culture. I just moved to New York two years ago, and and we have people in France and people uh, in the U.S. So we, we 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 have been working a lot on the on the company culture to define uh, the the mission of uh, of Shaper, what, why why we want to to wake up in the morning, and 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 we try to to to, to build it. With all the employees of uh, of Shaper, we 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 want to uh, to make them committed, you know, to to this mission, and 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 so we 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 build some uh, some 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 workshop to to work on the brand and on the mission, like every every quarter, we 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 make some workshop in marketing in product where everyone uh, can 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 uh, take part to this workshop. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, anyway, if you if you work in tech or if you work in marketing, uh, you 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 can work on uh, on every workshop. So we we really try to involve people uh, on uh, all the part of the of the company's mission. Right. Well, it sounds like you guys are 
doing the best you can to really kind of meet some of those challenges. I mean, uh, New York has its own subculture inside of America, just like many different uh, places and cities. So it's uh, America itself is a com- very complex place with so many different cultures. Yes. That's um, why we, we, we need to communicate a lot. Uh, we also use, of course, uh, a tool like Slack to... Uh, you know, to to um, to exchange and uh, enable our our employee to to exchange without you know uh, uh, the sense of hierarchy because we we don't feel that in startup you need to have a lot of hierarchy the decision have to to be taken very very easily and and we try to to uh, to do it to uh, to move very very fast and iterate a lot about the the best strategy for shaper to uh, to go uh, in the US. Well, that's kind of a fascinating idea that you brought up. So, kind of trying to diminish as much of the hierarchy as you can to allow decisions to be made quickly and efficiently. So uh, what are you, what are you, what's sort of your role then as the leader of the company to make sure that people understand enough that they can make good decisions that aren't going to hurt the company? If you're going to allow them that kind of freedom, uh, what do you, what is sort of your role in that to make sure that they're, they have it in their minds, uh, the right information to make the right decisions? I think my my role is to 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 hire the best talents because of course if you trust these people it's easier to delegate uh, this uh, this uh, skill to 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 decide on behalf uh, of the company. Uh, we we try to 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 make sure that everyone has has the, the information he needs through uh, as I said uh, tools like Slack. Uh, we also organize uh, a company meeting every week. Uh, with the with the company, we communicate all the key figures to 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 everyone. We explain when we make some de- strategic decision why we, we we do that. We we make a, a dinner every every month when we share where we share all the the new ID for for the product development. So we really try to to make everyone involved on uh, on shaper so so they can you know make their own decision. So you have great people that you trust, and obviously that they have some understanding or passion around what you're trying to do. But you know, there's still that other piece of they need to be the right kind of person who can survive in a startup that likes the freedom that doesn't need, you know, bureaucracy. Some people prefer, you know, that kind of bureaucratic uh, situation that that's a better fit for them. So, are the things that you do or people types of people you look for that you know, are going to be more likely to be successful in a fast-moving entrepreneurial-type setup? Yes, it's, it's, it's a very good question. It's something that we, we really care when we, when, when we are in the process of hiring people. It's to really understand the driver of these people. So we, we, we really want people who, who, have the, who share the same passion for, for startup and, and for the, the, the mission of Shaper. We, we, we take care uh, of the, um, the, um, you know, the quality of the people about uh, uh, the, their, their decision and, uh, and how autonomous they, they, they are. Because, because when you are a small startup and you have a big, big challenge and a lot of ambitions, you, 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 you cannot uh, have, have the, the possibility to, uh, to, to, to make a decision longer. And, and so you need people who can move fast and, uh, and be very, very uh, resilient. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Are, are the things that you do to really, uh, you know, try to, to, to engage with your employees? You talked about having a communication system, Slack, which is great in Slack, HipChat, those things are, are great. Um, and, and having those those people that you feel like you're connected with and, and share those uh, things. But, you know, beyond that, are, are there things that you have to do or the organization has to do to really 
you know, um, make people feel valuable, to really rely on their strengths and put them in those situations where they can be successful? It's just that we, 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 we try to, 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 to give them all the, all the strengths and, uh, and the power to, 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 to make their own decision and, uh, and, uh, share their, their ideas. And, uh, when they do that, we, we, we know how to, congr- to congratulate them. It's just that we, we want them to, to feel as an entrepreneur because, you know, when you are an entrepreneur, you don't, you don't wake up in the morning for the money. The money is just a consequence if you succeed about the mission that you, that you, you want to do. And it's really, uh, what we want as uh, as the co-founders of, of Shaper is we really think that sh- uh, networking should be more meaningful, more inspiring, and and seamless. So it's our mission. It's what we love to do uh, every day to meet new people, get inspired, and and if we think that if you share this mission with with the people uh, you work with, uh, it's very easy to 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 involve them and 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 they, they feel very proud when they they succeed with the company. So we, we talked a little bit about the app, um, about how people use it and trying to connect with people on a professional level. Um, you also kind of mentioned a few interesting things that maybe if people haven't ever used the app that they might wonder about. So I guess the first thing that maybe we talked about is what, what, what is the, is it, is it mostly entrepreneurs? Is it mostly people in particular? I know, I know, um, at least being in the LA area, there's a lot of directors and photographers and people in, and that stuff uh, in that in that base, but you know, from an overall perspective, are there a certain type of person that you tend to see in in your in, in the app now being active? It's it, it just a mindset, you know. We, what we don't want it's uh, we don't want business developers who are on the app just to sell their software, you know, because we don't feel that it's a mindset for shaper. We really want to make networking more inspiring. So we want p- people who are curious about the others, who are open-minded, who want to help each other, because it's the best way to network, and it, it's how you, you, you build very authentic relationships. And my experience is that when you do that, a lot of great, great opportunities happen in your professional life. And first of all, it's what we want. You know, it's this shaper mindset. And, and, and then, of course, uh, now we, we, we have a lot of entrepreneurs, we have a lot of people who have who are sea levels. Uh, we have a lot of freelance. We have people who, who just move to a new city and, and need to build a, a new professional and personal network. So there, there is a different use cases for for shaper. But uh, above all, the most important is to share the shaper mindset. You know. And, and then with inside the app, I know you mentioned kind of restricting it down to ten or fifteen people in a day. What, what's sort of the, the thought process there and you know, kind of slowing people down a little bit. Is that just to, to deal with the, the growing the network that yes. you have? Or is there yes, something else behind we, it? We think, we think that quality is better than quantity and, and that we, we, we want to make networking, you know, as a lifestyle, you know. And, and, and we think that uh, rather to, to, to swipe to maybe 100 people have 20 match and you just talk to two or three people, we prefer to... To, to suggest you 10 new people every day to, to, to swipe because we know that it will become an habit and, and, and every, every week probably you will meet a new people. And we think that it's better to, to, to contemplate networking like that, you know, as a, an habit or as a lifestyle rather than just to, to swipe, you know, a lot, a lot of people every day and you, lo- you lose your time and the, and the quality is not, is not as good. So 
that's why we, we, we decided to, to limit to, to, uh, to 10 or 20 uh, suggestions a day. Right, right. Well, maybe I'll send an email and ask for my, my, my number to go up a little bit more. But <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I, yeah. No, I, I, think it's, I think it's a good idea. I mean, it, it definitely makes you, uh, like you said, kind of focus in quality over quantity. Uh, you can certainly get quantity in a lot of places, uh, but looking at yes. quality is, is very important. Yes, to me, you know, when when you start to 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 network with the shaper mindset, it's like like a, a journey which will never end because there there is always new people to meet who can inspire you, and if you do it like every week, uh, I think that you 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 will get a lot of opportunities and uh, and you you will get a lot of happiness in your life. It's what I really feel when I use shaper and when I meet people. Yeah, absolutely, I I, I agree. Well, uh, one of the things that we uh, always ask our guests uh, as we get wind down here, we're almost uh, at the end of our interview, but uh, wanted to make sure we ask you, uh, what are you reading right now, and can you tell us about that book? I'm reading The Power of Now from Eckhart Tolle, and it's just about to, 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 enjoy, to enjoy the present, you know, because as, as an entrepreneur, you have a lot of issues, so you think a lot, you know, and, and sometimes you, you just don't enjoy the, the journey. You're just thinking about the destination. And if uh, I, I, I think about the experience uh, with Attractivore, my first venture, now I sell the company. Of course, I'm very happy, but I, I really feel that the best, you know, moment I, I share was when I built the product, I built the brand awareness, and uh, I, 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 I live this adventure with all the people uh, we took part to the to, uh, to to attractive world. So the employees, we had 80 shareholders. Most of them became my friends, and I really feel that the the journey is more important than destination. And when I I, I read this book, Power of Now, it's it's all about that. You know, it's just that you have to enjoy every day in your life. You you don't need to be to be stressed about the future. You just need to to concentrate about what you do today. And if you enjoy it, you you will get a lot a lot of success. You know, and and to finish about this book, it's also about your ego. You know, because a lot of de- decision you can make in your life. Some it's it's often uh, about about the image that you have from you and the image that you want to give to 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 other people, and 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 most of the time you make bad decisions because of that. So it's it's a book which helps you to to identify when your ego makes you uh, uh, do some bad decision, and and uh, and so I try to to remove it, you know, just to enjoy my life. Yeah, that book is on my list. I'm looking forward to reading it. I recently read A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle and, and enjoyed it. And certainly there are some similar uh, parallels and, and, and sort of thoughts there that of what you described in that book as well. Uh, but I'm in, yes. in, interested to... to and, 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 and you know that when I, I meet someone new, I really feel that it's a little bit the same as meditation, you know, because, because when you meet someone new and you feel it inspired, you know, you are really really focused in the present you don't think about the future you don't think about the past you are not stressed you are just in the present because you have so much to to learn to 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 these new people you just meet and i really feel that you know uh, uh, shaper could be a very very good way to to uh, to enjoy your life well maybe that's a challenge for everyone who's listening to go download the app and uh take the challenge uh there's it's free and you can get in there and um you know, connect with some people and possibly maybe find someone new to help you in your business or that you can help in their business or, um, you know, there's so many great things that networking can do. 
Um, and if we all can have that experience that you just talked about, then I think we'd all be networking a lot more. That, that sounds great. Yes, and you know that most uh, of my shareholders, I, I, I met them through, uh, through, uh, through people I know or through networking. You know, we have on Shaper, we raised $7 million and we have uh, more than 80 shareholders, private shareholders. And most of them, I, 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 I met them through net networking. So it's very, very, very important to meet people before you need them, you know, because the, the relationship is more authentic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot easier to go and, and ask for help and to talk to people you already know than to show up on, on their door and, and, and then start asking before they even know you. So, yeah, that, that's definitely huge. Well, uh, you know, uh, you've mentioned a lot of great things today. You know, if you could summarize it, if there was, you know, one great point, one thing that maybe you think people should take away by having listened to this conversation, what would that be? I think that you, 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 you have to find the sense about what you do in your, in your life. Uh, when you are an entrepreneur, it's very, very important to, to, to do what you really want to do, not for, for the money, but because it matters to you. Uh, and I just told my company uh, uh, last week, my first venture, and, you know, I, I just stopped and I thought what, what makes me the most happy in my life. And I think to run Shaper is, is what makes me happy because it, it, it matters to me the most today. And I really think that if people think about that, uh, you 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 will get a, a very uh, happy life and fulfilling. Yeah, well, uh, it sounds like a great kind of summary, and I hope people can can kind of take that, and remember it. Um, you know, uh, final question is: is how can people get a hold of you, or maybe learn more about the app, or apply for a job with Shape, or what's the best way to kind of for them to to learn more? They can write me an email at Ludovic. L U D O V I C at Shaper S H A P R dot net. Or they can add me on LinkedIn, Ludovic L U D O V I C Euro H U R A U X. Well, fantastic. I'm sure they can check that out. Go to the company website, download the app. There's a lot of different ways based on what their interests are, but. Really appreciate you being on the, the show for us uh, today and uh, kind of sharing your thoughts on entrepreneurship and your company. And uh, I'm, I'm sure a lot of our, our listeners would, would love to, to get on there and start networking more with people right away. So, uh, you know, thank you for being a, a part of the show. Thank you so much. And I, I hope that your listener uh, will understand my French accent. Oh, well, we'll be fine. <laughs> you did a great job. All right, Thank well, you they- again. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Hope you gained something that will help your own career in a positive way. Uh, next week, I'll be joined by uh, Brenda Casper, a partner and founding member of Casper uh, & Frank. Um, and we may have another second guest. We'll see. Uh, but until then, do what you love and show the world how talented you can be today. You've been listening to Talent Talk Radio, brought to you by People G2. 